Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I really do. And it is now the first day of the offseason because last night or on Tuesday night, you guys are listening to this on Thursday, the Vegas Golden Knights blew out the Florida Panthers 9-3 in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals to win their franchise's first Stanley Cup championship. So with that being said, I'm recording this on Wednesday the 14th. And it is officially the first day for all of the NHL teams for the offseason. It's also the day before my birthday. Yes, I'm actually going to have this episode come out on my birthday. As, um, I don't know, I just felt like I just felt like having a birthday episode, right? And I'm really excited for this one because there's so much that we're going to talk about. But before we jump into all that, this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored as always by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And yes, unfortunately, the NBA and NHL season are both over. But DraftKings Sportsbook still has tons of opportunities to get in on huge cash prizes from Major League Baseball to Major League Soccer, the WNBA, and so much more. DraftKings Sportsbook is your number one destination to get in and get all this money. So if you want to get in on the action, go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, sign up, Use our promo code THPN, and as always, tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for being the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. And as always, Devils fans, please bet responsibly. And also, shout out to the official ticketing partner of the Devils State of Mind podcast, SeatGeek. And ladies and gentlemen, I've said this so many times before, but SeatGeek is without a doubt the best place to get the best deals on tickets for everything. Sports, concerts, all of those different things. They grade it on a 1 to 10 scale, with 10 being the best. They also use red, green, and also yellow to determine what is what is a really good deal, what isn't, so you know you're getting the best bang for your buck. And when you use my promo code Devil State of Mind, you can get $20 off your first purchase. This is an absolutely awesome offer that you don't want to miss out on. So again, use promo code Devil State of Mind to get $20 off your first purchase. So again, shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing partner of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And as I mentioned before, Devils fans, we have a ton, and I mean a ton of things to get to on this episode. You're just going to hear my lovely voice. We've had a couple of great interviews over the last couple of episodes, but today you are getting just me. So I understand if you're going to tune me out right away, but we're going to talk about a little bit more about the stadium series, which the Devils are going to be a part of. We're going to talk about Timo Meyer and Jesper Brett and the situation or the updates with them. We're going to give you some updates also on some other guys on the team, Eric Haller, Ryan Graves, and Miles Wood. So we'll have some updates with, with those guys. We're going to talk a little bit about Simone Nemetz because. We had a Devils trade that we must discuss. 
and it involves a certain defenseman on this team. You guys already know what I'm going for. And then lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about the goaltending position and the rumors that are involved with the New Jersey Devils. So, as always, guys, and especially here today, we have a ton to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's start with the news, or at least the uh, official word, on the Stadium Series game. So back on June 3rd, the National Hockey League officially announced that the Devils would be playing in one of the two Stadium Series games to be played at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, home of the New York Giants and the New York Jets of the National Football League. This is really the big stadium in the New York metropolitan area that has not been used yet by the National Hockey League. And now we get the opportunity to have not one, but two outdoor games. Uh, The Devils will be playing the Philadelphia Flyers in the Battle of the New Jersey Turnpike on Saturday, February 17th. 2024. Uh, the timing of the game and all of, a lot of other details have yet to be released. They will be released over the next coming months. The Devils will act as the home team for very obvious reasons, while the Flyers will be the road team. Now, Dean Matsuzaki, who is the NHL's Executive Vice President of Events, when he was asked about why the Devils were considered and obviously chosen as one of the teams for the Stadium Series group of games, they, uh, he said this, quote, let's talk about the Devils. Uh, we do track teams that are having a certain level of success. Our goal is to celebrate the NHL, celebrate the area that we're going to play in. Sometimes timing is such that when a team is on the rise, we want to showcase them. We have been watching how New Jersey is playing and how they have a great young players. This will be quite the showcase for them. The time was right End quote. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The Devils are one of the up-and-coming teams in the NHL. You just had a historic season this past year, 52 wins, 112 points, and making it all the way to Game 5 of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs with tremendous amounts of talent of Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Timo Meyer, Dougie Hamilton, Luke Hughes, Simone Nemetz, and so many more. I do agree as well that this is the perfect time. Now, Dimatsuzaka did also mention that the original plan was for the Devils to play the Rangers in just one stadium series game at MetLife, but the NHL decided they wanted to do something that they considered to be unprecedented, and that is to have back-to-back outdoor games in the same um, stadium. So, like I mentioned before, Devils will play the Flyers on Saturday, uh, February 17th of 2024. And then the New York Rangers will play the New York Islanders on Sunday, February 18th, 2024. So we're going to get four different teams' fan bases, and hopefully we get them sold out for both games. Now, the Flyers have played in four outdoor games and hold a not-so-impressive 1-3-1 record without a roof. The Devils last played, as we've mentioned before, in an outdoor game way back in 2014 in the Stadium Series. That was the first year of the Stadium Series when they took on the New York Rangers at the newer Yankee Stadium. I had the pleasure and somewhat displeasure of being at that game. It was a phenomenal experience and one that uh, I will cherish for a long time. Patrick Elias scored twice, once to open the game, and again to tie the game at one on the power play. Travis Zajac gave the Devils a 3-1 to one lead, and everything was going well. Then in that second period, uh, things really, really uh, fell apart for the Devils. Um, Matt Zuccarello helped them out to come back with a two-goal effort for the Rangers, and while Yarmir Yager did register two primary assists, the Rangers would go on to blow out the Devils in that outdoor game by the final score of 7-2-3. So obviously it was disappointing, but nonetheless a great experience um, anyway. And hopefully the Devils will have as great of an experience and hopefully in a winning effort when we get to that. Uh, now, the biggest thing that a lot of people are wondering about is when are tickets going to be available? Well, here's the thing. And shout out to Ryan Novazinski of NJ.com who mentioned this, and this is very, very, very important information. Uh, eager fans can secure tickets to the Devil Stadium Series game early via third-party site called Vivid Seats. 
I'm sure a lot of you've heard Vivid Seats, another one of the ticketing apps. Vivid Seats offers a, quote, seat saver, end quote, option on certain events, which is a concierge-like service for our diehard fans to locate and lock down long-awaited tickets before they drop. Early prices on Vivid Seats range from $299 all the way to $2,270. So, although tickets, technically speaking, are not available yet, Vivid Seats offers you the opportunity to get in on the, you know, to get, you know, the earliest opportunity to get seats. There will be opportunities on all the other ticketing apps, including SeatGeek, the official ticketing partner of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, um, at a later date. According to a press release, pricing, ticket sales, timing, and broadcast information for the 2024 Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series will be announced in the coming months. With Devil's Black and Red members, season ticket holders, and premium partners receiving priority access to purchase tickets during a select pre-sale period. So that is all the information we have at this moment about the stadium series. But it is great to know the NHL officially announced it. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in a decade, the New Jersey Devils will be playing outdoors, this time in the state of New Jersey at a big-time arena at MetLife. I've already talked about the hope that maybe we get Bruce Springsteen or even John Bon Jovi to perform during that. I know they're talking about entertainment and uh, the NHL has even talked about they're going to look into, you know, the culture of New Jersey and the music as well and kind of go from there. So fingers crossed, but guys, so excited that the Devils are going to be playing on a national stage outdoors. You already know that I'm going to be there and I can't wait to see all of you guys out there as well. When we get around to mid-February of next year. So yes, the Devils are going outdoors, baby. So the second thing we are going to talk about here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast is we're going to start with talking about Timo Meyer, who is one of the two big-time RFAs that the Devils have to sign during this offseason. Now, last week, General Manager Tom Fitzgerald told NJ.com in an interview that he intends to begin contract talks with Timo Meyer this past week. So we don't really have an update up until this point, but we know that Tom Fitzgerald is once again in contract talks with Timo Meyer and his agent, and former New Jersey Devils legend, Claude Lemieux. Now, Meyer is set to become a restricted free agent on July 1st. So we are about 16, no, 17 days away from the start of free agency. The Swiss forward also owns a $10 million qualifying offer. Now, tomorrow, June 15th, of 2023 will be the opportunity for the Devils to bring down the qualifying offer from $10 million to $8.5 million before arbitration. They have the ability to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils did that, at least to give them more time to get a deal done. I don't believe that Timo Meyer is going to play on the qualifying offer. I would be surprised if that was the case. I still think a deal is going to get done. Upon acquisition, Fitzgerald stated that acquiring Meyer, despite his pending free agent status, was and still is with the intent to keep the forward long term. Remember, the Devils did give up a pretty decent amount to acquire Timo Meyer, and Fitzgerald really tried to get a deal done with a contract extension in hand already, but that ended up not being the case. And so here we are in the middle of June, and Timo Meyer is still uh, set to be an RFA. In his end-of-the-year conference, the Devils GM stated, Timo Meyer knows that I believe this is the right place for Timo, and he and his agent and I will talk and go through this and hopefully try to figure out something long-term. At Devils exit interviews, Meyer explained he was willing to talk with New Jersey about a contract extension. Additionally, he spoke to how the off-ice factors are a positive antidote while weighing his decision. And then Meyer would say, the travel, it's easier here than I had before. Meyer explained, the practice rink is right here. It's definitely a really nice setup. And like I said, New Jersey has great, great people. Everybody has been treating me so well. So yeah, it's definitely a great place. In 21 games this past season with the Devils, Meyer scored nine goals and 14 points overall in the 2022-23 season between the San Jose Sharks and the New Jersey Devils. Meyer totaled 40 goals and 66 points. And in the postseason, despite struggling throughout most of it in terms of points, the 26-year-old forward tallied two goals and four points in 
11 games. So, Team Omar, again, we're, we're, the good news is, is that contracts uh, talks have begun. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see which of Brat or Timo gets a deal first. I think it ends up being Brat first, and then they'll work on Timo. But if it happens to go the other way, it happens to go the other way. Like I said before, I'm not really that worried about not getting Timo Meyer signed long term. I think Timo knows the opportunity that's here for him and for this Devils team long term. It's an opportunity for him to extend his championship window. Remember, he comes from a Sharks team that throughout the majority of his career was competing for the Stanley Cup and had really good opportunities to win one or even get to the finals. So he's been in the playoffs a bunch of times prior to this. So for him, he's one of the more seasoned veterans. He's a star player, a guy who could score 40-plus goals a year and can really, really help this team continue to take further steps towards winning a Stanley Cup. And I believe that the way that Fitzgerald has built this team, the culture that he has established, I think is going to be enticing, not just to Timo, but to a lot of guys as we go along here in the next couple of years. So like I said, it's still early goings here, but I do believe that a deal is going to get done. I think it's going to be between eight, eight and a half million dollars for Timo Meyer. And then we'll see what happens with Jesper Bright as well. But that is the latest we have on Timo Meyer. Now, let's shift to Jesper Bright, who is a lot more complicated than Timo Meyer. During his exit interview, general manager Tom Fitzgerald said he knows Jesper wants to be a devil long term. So do we. Again, everybody's just mentioning the same things we've been hearing for over a year now. Fitzgerald and Brad's agent, Joaquin Pearson, have spoken several times. They paused in talks prior to the playoffs, but Fitzgerald said there's a definitely progression and framework for a long-term deal in place in a recent press conference. The Athletics' Pierre Lebrun believes that the offer that the Devils have submitted of late to Jesper Brad is for the max term of eight years. So, that's something to keep in mind, that it sounds like the Devils have given Brett a long-term eight-year deal, and now again, it's about Brett and his agent talking it out and seeing if they like it, if they want to change anything or anything, or you know whatever the case may be. Fitzgerald, who described talks with Brett and his agent as challenging last August, also noted that he doesn't anticipate contentious negotiations this summer. Likely do to the Devils' successful season, as we mentioned, franchise best 52 wins, 112 points, and Brat matched his career high of 73 points this past year. Pearson, on the other hand, was not as committal as Fitzgerald has been. Asked by NJ Advanced Media via Ryan Novozinski if he anticipates a challenging negotiation this summer, Pearson said, I don't compare. Each new contract is a new discussion. Um, that's something we had to work through. I can just say now we are talking and in communication, me and Tom. Now, Brett is reportedly very well respected in New Jersey's locker room, but his and his teammates' constant contract uncertainty drew a headline-grabbing soundbite from Jack Hughes last month, if you remember. Remember, Jack Hughes went on to say this because he was asked about the contract situations with both Brett and Timo Meyer. He didn't really specifically talk about those two, but he had a good idea as to who he was referring to. Uh, Hughes said, quote, I think I know they want to come back, but at the same time, you've got to get it done. Hughes said when asked about Brett, Timo Meyer, pending UFA, Eric Hala, who has been adamant about returning to New Jersey immediately. You can't just talk about wanting to be in New Jersey. If you want to be in New Jersey, you've got to sign the deal. Those guys are obviously big parts of our team, and we'd like to have them back. So, Jack Hughes, also Jonas Siegenthaler said it as well, to both of these guys, not necessarily Hall, because I think Hall is definitely getting done, but to Brett and Timo, if you're talking about wanting to be here long-term, get a deal done. And the longer that this goes, the more frustrating it gets because then we're running out of time. And you don't, I think for Fitzgerald, he would love to get deals done with both of these guys before, before we get, to uh, we get to free agency starting July 1st. So, you know, again, we'll we'll see what happens with both of these guys. As I've mentioned before, I really do believe that uh, a deal is going to get done with both of them. But, you know, crazy things have happened before. We saw it last year. Brat signed a one-year deal just before arbitration um, to play under. Uh, I do think he's going to end up getting a long-term deal. But, 
I should mention this. According to Pierre Lebrun, the winning game could stem from a potential salary cap increase. Lebrun theorized in one of his recent articles on The Athletic that Brad's camp could possibly push for a shorter-term deal that would allow the player to jump back into a more lucrative market with the cap going up over the next few years. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman did state recently he said that the salary cap could increase by $1 million this summer and grow even larger in the coming years. So it's possible that Brad and his agent are backtracking from wanting a long-term deal to now saying, maybe we'll take a three or four year deal, allow Brad to continue to get better up his value. And then by the time he reaches, you know, you know, a certain age, he's going to be, he's, if he takes a three or four year deal, he'll still be in his twenties. He could still get himself a much bigger deal in another contract negotiation. We talked about this last summer, about this again being a possibility. You look at Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer's contracts, it's the same type of thing, although they're longer because they both signed them a couple of years ago. But I think Brad could do the same thing. So it's possible that Brad could sign a shorter-term deal. I'm not thrilled about that if that ends up being the case. But, you know, look, Tom Fitzgerald has given Brad the long-term eight-year deal that, that he supposedly wanted originally, and now maybe they don't go down that route. But... Again, we have to see how things progress. I think things are really going to pick up over the next week or two. Something to certainly keep your eye on. And my first article for Big Apple Hockey uh, is going to be coming out. It'll be out by the time you guys listen to this episode. It is uh, to sign or not sign Jesper Bratt. And I think you guys should take a look at that article. A lot of things I mentioned here, talking about Bratt, I also mentioned in the um, the article. I also give you guys an idea as to what I want to see in eight-year or shorter-term deal uh, would be for Jesper Bratt. So I hope you guys go check that out. I'll leave a um, I'll leave a link to it uh, when uh, I post this episode. So both Brett and Timo were still kind of waiting to see what happens, and uh, hopefully we get some more definitive answers and information down the road here in the next couple of weeks. So now let's talk about a couple of other Devils free agents and some updates with them. We're going to talk mainly about Eric Hall and Ryan Graves, but I also want to quickly mention about Miles Wood and his situation as well. The Devils and Eric Hall have had some preliminary talks. Hall has expressed his his desire to return, and Fitzgerald has been open about wanting him back as well. Apparently, Eric Hall spoke to Tom Fitzgerald right after the season ended and said, get a deal done. So I expect fully that he is going to be back in the red and black. As expected for Ryan Graves, his future in New Jersey isn't as clear or optimistic. With the arrival of Luke Hughes and potentially Simone Nemetz knocking on the Devils' door, you can see a situation where this one doesn't work itself out. It has also been rumored, per The Athletic, that Graves and Miles Woods' uh, negotiating rights could be traded, could be dealt, before July 1st. Just like you just saw with another deal that we'll mention in just a moment, it's possible that we could have a couple of more opportunities where the Devils could get some draft picks for some guys that are unrestricted free agents. Ryan Graves, it it would suck a little bit to see him go because he brings that big body presence. I know at times he has made some pretty boneheaded mistakes, particularly in the playoffs, but I still think he can help out this team. But I think financially, and also the opportunity for guys like we mentioned, Luke Hughes and Simone Nemetz to come up and play, it just may not be a good fit for Ryan Graves anymore which, you know, is unfortunate, but it is part of the business. Uh, a lot of the projections, particularly from Daily Faceoff, said that Ryan Graves could get up to about $5 million uh, AAV on his next contract, and I think that's a little too much for the Devils in terms of what their plans are moving forward. Uh, in terms of Miles Wood, I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils didn't get a deal done with him. I would be... It would be, it would be interesting to see what the Devils would do if Miles Wood did get dealt um, away on how do they replace what he could bring the speed and physicality. It's unfortunate that it hasn't been there as much of late due to injuries, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know what miles Wood is asking for in terms of money. I'm sure miles Wood would love to be able to stay and let us keep that BMW line moving forward. But if there are other options, the devils feel that are better than what they have right now, you're going to see it. Now, again, all this is speculated. Doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen, but Tom Fitzgerald did mention about wanting to get some more you know, assets, more draft picks, especially uh, for potentially not only this draft, but moving forward. So 
let's keep our eye on that. So that's some updates on a couple of other UFAs, and uh, we'll continue to keep our eyes peeled for anything else that will be happening over in the next uh, couple of weeks here as we get close to uh, July 1st. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. And with the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs just about to begin, there are so many different money lines or puck lines and bets that you can make one that I'm really banking on is for the Seattle Kraken to move on to the conference finals after the second round matchup against the Dallas Stars. They have a lot of momentum, and I think it really is a good bet to make for them to win the series. How many games they win in is up to you. But that's just an example of the many different types of bets you can make during these hockey playoffs. And if you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas City, plus 21 in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. So now I want to talk about the trade that involved the Devils last Friday. And uh, it was so interesting because, you know, we had we had on Jake Geringer, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets here on THPN. We were talking about the deal that they acquired Ivan Provorov and obviously Mike Babcock as well, becoming the next head coach of the Blue Jackets. And if you haven't checked that episode yet, out yet, I highly recommend that you do. Episode 70 of season four. The very next day. After this episode came out, I was uh, doing some doing some work and I looked at my phone and I caught a glance that the Devils had made a trade. And it was interesting to me how they made a trade. And it was reported that last Friday, the Devils traded Damon Severson to the Columbus Blue Jackets for a 2023 third round pick from the Blue Jackets, which is 80th overall in this draft, which originally belonged to the Calgary Flames. Also, Damon Severson signed an eight-year, $50 million deal with the Blue Jackets with an AAV of $6.25 million um, to move to Columbus. And it was reported via New Jersey Hockey Now and James Nichols that Columbus had constantly called the Devils about Damon Severson. And even after acquiring Ivan Provera from Philadelphia, the, De- the Blue Jackets were still keen on acquiring Damon Severson. So... Tom Fitzgerald was actually able to get something in return for, you know, losing uh, Damon Severson to quote-unquote free agency. Severson is now part of just the second ever sign-and-trade in NHL history. The first one was last summer when Matthew Kachuk did a sign-and-trade from Calgary to to the Florida Panthers. So that uh, is interesting. And that's why I said before, it may not be the last one. We'll see how things go with guys like Graves and Wood and other potential UFAs. Um, Embedded in Severson's new contract uh, is $10.8 million in bonuses. And additionally, Severson received a full no-trade clause in the first four years, a 20-team no-trade clause in year five, and a 12-team no-trade clause in the last three years of his new contract. Now, On Wednesday of last week, as I just mentioned, New Jersey Hockey Now reported that Columbus called the Devils with interest in the 28-year-old defenseman. That was before they acquired Ivan Provorov. The right-shot defenseman is now a candidate to play alongside the Russian defenseman or even potentially on the top pairing with uh, Zach Rowenski. As reported, the acquisition of Provorov did not deter the interest in Severson Severson Services. Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kekalainen acted on that interest and pounced on Severson before he could make it to free agency on July 1st. So when we look at Severson after his nine years 
in New Jersey. He spent his whole nine-year career thus far with the Devils. The Devils drafted him way back in the second round of the 2012 NHL entry draft. And in 647 games of the Devil, Severson cured for 58 goals, 205 assists, for 263 points. And in 16 playoff games, Severson totaled one goal and three points between two postseason stints separated by five seasons. Now, um, here's a little bit of stuff that uh, Severson said in his introductory press conference. First, while Severson would have loved to stay with the team he was drafted by, New Jersey's rising defenseman corps of Simone de Metz, Luke Hughes, James Casey, and others made it difficult for Tom Fitzgerald to retain him. Friday's deal could open up a spot for Simone de Metz, and we'll talk about him in just a minute. Who was named to the AHL's top prospect team this week on the roster next uh, on the roster next season? Speaking at his introductory press conference Friday afternoon, Severson said he had a quote honest end quote, conversation about his future with Devils third-year GM at exit interviews. And this is what Severson said. Quote, he was honest with me right off the bat. Fitz said, you've done a great job for this team. We appreciate everything you brought to this organization over your tenure here. It's a good thing for you. It sucks for us that we're going to have to probably move on. If something changes, we'll be in contact, Severson said. That was really how the conversation went. I said I appreciated everything on his end as well. I brought everything I could to the Devils organization for a long time, end quote. So the curious case of Damon Severson is no longer a curious case because he is no longer a part of the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, despite the back and forth with him, you know, I've said before, one minute he's scoring a big-time goal in overtime to beat the Rangers. The next minute he's shooting the puck into his own net. At the end of the day, Severson, for the most part, was a very solid defenseman. I would even say in these past playoffs, he did a really good job. Maybe he was our best overall defenseman. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. Really played a solid game overall. And honestly, playing on that third pairing uh, ended up benefiting him a lot in the playoffs. And it was a luxury to have a guy like Severson playing on a third pairing. So you knew that Severson was going to get a lot of money in free agency. You know that he's had a lot of interest from a lot of teams over the last two or three years. Um, and obviously there was a lot of question marks as to what the Devils were going to do with him once we got to the deadline. They ended up deciding to keep him as like a rental-ish, but an internal rental. Um, and for, for Fitzgerald to get an asset for him and even in a deep draft like this one, I think is a really good job by him. To, to not lose a UFA like that in a relatively big-time UFA for nothing. Um, so I would just like to say thank you so much to Damon Severson for the nine years that he was in New Jersey. Obviously, you know, there were times where he really frustrated me and, uh, you know, I had different opinions about him, but still appreciate everything he did and uh, obviously wish him nothing but the best as he stays in the Metropolitan Division as he now goes to Columbus, Ohio for a good majority of the, probably the rest of his career. As we'll see, he's signed a long year, long-term deal. So we will see about that. But yeah, the Devils in a sign and trade traded Damon Severson to the Columbus Blue Jackets for a third round pick in this year's draft, 80th overall, while Severson also signs an eight-year $50 million deal with the Blue Jackets. And so the end of an era for Damon Severson in New Jersey. And now Next question is, who will be the replacement for number 28? So now, speaking of replacement, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Simone Nemetz. So now that Severson is gone, the question is, is Simone Nemetz the guy that is good to replace the man they call Sivo? Selected second overall by the Devils in last year's NHL entry draft, Nemetz impressed the Devils' breasts right away. Fortunately, the young defenseman crossed the pond from Slovakia to North America and seemingly didn't miss a beat on the ice. If you remember, right after he got drafted, the Mets said he was coming to North America. Whether he was playing in the NHL or not, he wanted to play in North America. The Mets remained with the Devils for the entire training camp last September. It was even named to the opening night roster. The Devils quickly demoted the Mets to the AHL's Utica Comets the following day in favor of Kevin Ball, which honestly I don't think was a bad move. The Mets didn't just stick around for the paper transaction. There was a hot, there was a chance he might get his feet wet in the NHL right away. Sending it to Utica was the right call, however. The Mets needed time and development to adjust from European to North American ice, 
And according to Tom Fitzgerald, the Mets adjusted well to the challenges. While focusing on the defense, the Mets totaled 12 goals and 22 assists for 34 points in his in his rookie professional season. He also added a goal and four points in six playoff games for Utica. And as a result, the Mets received the honor of being named to the AHL's top prospect team, which is a tremendous uh, accomplishment for the Mets. Not bad for a 19-year-old playing in North America for the first time. He also did have himself a pretty successful World Junior Tournament for Slovakia as well. I have said this before that I do believe that Simone Nemetz is going to be a star defenseman for this team. Everybody talks about Luke Hughes and rightfully so. But I think Nemetz might end up being that really big time defenseman long term for us. I really do believe that. And I'm really excited to see what he can bring to training camp next year as he competes. There's going to be some roster spots and it's an opportunity for Nemetz. Now, obviously, the Devils have said before that they're not going to rush the Mets anywhere, but I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being the guy uh, at the beginning of the season starting on defense for the Devils. Um, He lasted until the end of training camp. He went to the entire training camp and didn't get cut. So that shows you how much the Devils value him and how much of a top prospect he is. So it's pretty impressive. So he's somebody you're going to really want to keep your eye on. Now, There are a couple of stopgap options as well that you can take a look at. One is Eric Gustafson, who's 31 years of age. Last year played for the Washington Capitals, and he actually had a pretty good season, 42 points in 70 games. Um, You know, bring some scoring on the back end, bring some physicality, another veteran that could help still with this very young team. Another guy is uh, current... uh, Seattle Kraken, Carson Soucy, who is a two-way defenseman, and he's very good in all three zones, in the offensive zone, defensive zone, and even at uh, the center ice part. He's a left-shot defenseman, but can play on both the left and right side, which can be very valuable when it comes to creating matchups. Uh, and he also has really good size. He's six foot five, 210 pounds. So if you're going to end up losing Ryan Graves, it's a pretty good option as a short-term guy to bring in a guy who's just as big, if not bigger, than Ryan Graves. He would add size to the Devils' blue line, and as a versatile defenseman, brings size, physicality, he handles the puck very well, and he could be a very, very, very solid short-term option. And one last guy that actually the Devils were rumored to have interest in during the trade deadline is Luke Shen. Shen, according, though, to Rick uh, DeLewal is seeking term, which could make the Devils not as interested in getting him. Uh, he also has contract negotiations currently underway with the Leafs, so I think most likely he will stay in Toronto, but we'll see how things progress. Uh, he's another big option, six foot two, 225 pounds. He's not the greatest offensive defenseman. He's more of a solid defensive defenseman. He's more on that level, but the Devils, I think, do, would benefit from having a little bit more of defensive defensemen on the back end. Uh, Shen has, you know, what they call a snarl in his game, and he does have a bunch of playoff experience, and he also has won two Stanley Cups uh, in his time when he played with the Tampa Bay Lightning, along with current New Jersey Devil forward Andre Pilat. So he has some Stanley Cup experience as well that could benefit a young Devils team as well. So, Simone Nemetz, I think, is still the most likely candidate to be a replacement for uh, Damon Severson, but it could be also that the Devils could dip their toes into free agency to maybe get a veteran or two, like they did with getting Brendan Smith last year. So something to keep in mind and something to look at as we get closer here to July 1st and we have more of an idea as to how things go with the roster. And lastly, here on this episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, we are going to talk about the goalie position. I will say right off the bat, first and foremost, I am not opposed to a VTech and Akira Schmidt tandem going into next season. Schmidt, I think, has proven that he is a he is the guy moving forward long term. And I think that the Devils know that. VTech Vanacek, yes, he really struggled in the playoffs. But he still had a tremendous regular season in his first year in New Jersey. Only the second goaltender in franchise history to win 30 or more games 
other than Martin Brodeur. And this is just the fourth season of his young career. He's still fairly young. And he's got two years left on his contract he signed last year with the Devils after he was acquired from Washington. He This was also the most workload he's ever had in his career. All of this was a learning experience. I don't think it is a good idea right now to go out and try to get a big-name goaltender via trade or whatever the case may be when you still have a young guy who you know can develop more and more and a guy who can certainly bounce back if things fall into place, which I, I still think they will. But there are a couple of guys that have been mentioned about the Devils. Uh, all of them are very well-known names. And we'll start with the guy that has been rumored with the Devils uh, throughout the offseason so far, and that is Connor Hellebuck. A recent report from The Athletic made Connor Hellebuck's future intentions for the Jets clear. That ship has sailed. His, con- his next contract will be with a new team. He will be a UFA after this upcoming season, 23-24, and whatever next contract he has, it will be with a new team. So it's pretty much a guarantee that Connor Ellbuck is pretty much done in Winnipeg. The question is, could it, could the Devils be that next stop for the former Vesna Trophy winner? It's certainly possible, especially when you look at uh, what Vanacek did down the stretch. He was 9-8-1 with a .881 save percentage since March 1st, and he really struggled in the playoffs, as we mentioned before. If it's a playoff hero the Devils are searching for, though, Hellebuck may not satisfy that need. And remember, um, Hellebuck won the Vesna Trophy back in 2022-23. However, his postseason uh, wasn't great. He ended up giving up 18 goals and had a terrible .886 save percentage in a 4-1 series loss to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights back in round one of this year's playoffs. He also posted a minus 2.9 save percentage, which was fifth worst rating among playoff goalies. So the question is, is he starting to get up there in age? Is the wear and tear of how many games he's played, because he's played a lot in Winnipeg with very little rest, is it starting to take a toll on him? And especially with him still having another year on his contract, it might make it more difficult depending on what Winnipeg might be asking for uh, in a deal for a guy who's won a Vesna Trophy recently. So I don't know if this is the right move. Um, he's 30 years old, has a $6.16 million cap hit this year, and I'm sure he will demand a raise from the deal that he has right now, which could be up to $8 million, which we're already paying several guys $8 million and potentially two other guys this offseason. So and, and Fitzgerald is talking about having a healthy cap. That might not be the right guy to go after um, if you're trying to do that. They could make it work this season if they send Vanacek a few prospects and draft capital back in return, although I still don't think that's the wise term. But their financial flexibility would start to falter if they do ink uh, Hellbuck long term. Not counting the current crop of RFAs as well, Fitzgerald will have to work out new deals for Schmidt and for Dawson Mercer next season, and then and then Luke Hughes the year after, because going into next season will be already the second year of Luke Hughes' entry-level deal. So that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough, and it's not a guarantee that Hellebuck comes in and becomes the same goaltender he's been in Winnipeg for the most of his career. And if his postseason is going to be like it was this past year, there's no difference between having Vanacek or Hellebuck, except you're probably paying Hellebuck a lot more. So, not terribly wild about him. John Gibson. This is somebody I talked about last offseason. I remember having an interview with Alex Chauvency of the Hockey hockey Writers, and we talked about John Gibson potentially. Um, Like Hellebuck, Anaheim Ducks goalie John Gibson has a lofty cap hit. Gibson has a $6.4 million AAV, which ranks fourth in the NHL behind Carey Price, Sergei Bobrovsky, and Andre Vasilevsky. And obviously Vasilevsky is the best of the three. Uh, of those three guys. What separates Hellebuck uh, from from Hellebuck, however, is his team control. Gibson is under contract until 2026-27. So if you are acquiring him, he is going to be your long-term solution in net or one of your long-term solutions in net. Unfortunately, though, his numbers as well are not great, especially last year, posting an 889 save percentage and a minus 11.5 goals expected rating. 
But Anaheim is also allowed 39.1 shots per game, which according to Athletic is the worst of any team on record. He has shown flashes of greatness in front of a 23-win historically bad Ducks team. He put a stout Devils blue line in front of him, potentially. He could he could return to his three-time All-Star form, which could definitely entice Fitzgerald to work out a deal this summer. So Gibson is a guy who, over the last two or three years, hasn't been at the same form, but that could be potentially more about how rough things have been with the Anaheim Ducks blue line and team overall. Obviously, having term is something that Fitzgerald has always been a fan of. So acquiring him, you know you're in it for the long haul with him. Over $6 million a year for a goaltender, especially a guy who is approaching his 30s. Um, again, could be a little bit of a concern as well. And again, you're worrying about the cap hit, wanting to have a healthy cap. Again, maybe difficult. And it might cost you more to acquire Gibson because of the fact that he has a lot of term left. And you also don't want to stunt the growth of Akira Schmidt, who, again, like I said, I think is probably our solution long-term in net. That's just my opinion. The last guy is, in my opinion, the most intriguing. UC Soros of the Nashville Predators. According to Nashville Hockey Now, it would take at least two first-round picks and two or three blue-chip prospects to even get the conversation started on a deal for UC Soros, which right away, I don't think the Devils would would jump on that. I know they have a lot and they could offer it, but I don't know if Fitzgerald is so keen on giving up that many assets for a netminder, even though he's right now in the prime of his career and one of the better goaltenders in the NHL right now. His high cost is understandable. He, uh, he posted an NHL best 46.7 goals expected rating this year or GSAX rating, I apologize, beating out all three Vesna finalists in Hellebuck, Ilya Sorokin, and Linus Allmark. He also had a .919 save percentage and a, point, and a 2.69 goals against average over 64 games. He is arguably, right now, a top three and top five goaltender in the NHL. The Predators now led by former Devils associate coach Andrew Burnett, who's now the head coach of Nashville, and new GM Barry Trotz reportedly discussed trading Soros to LA Kings earlier this past season. So the Kings were trying to make a deal done, and it's apparent that they almost got it done. It was pretty close. But it's unclear if the new brass would even entertain throwing his name on the market right now. Adding Soros would undoubtedly tempt the Devils, but considering his absurd price, Simone Metz, another top-end prospect like Holtz and Picks, I think he ends up being way too costly. So, again, this is why I I think going with Vanacek and Schmidt to start next season is the right move. Because right now, there aren't a whole lot of guys that are giving you... Uh, there, there aren't that many opportunities out there to really go out and get the guy um, that could really put us over the, over the edge. I still think that... This tandem of these two guys can certainly get us to where we want to go. I think it's a learning experience for everybody, including the two goaltenders. And I think that we also have developed some really good guys before. Now, obviously, Nico Dawes, we got word, is going to be out till potentially Christmas of next year after offseason surgery. So that's unfortunate. You still have guys like uh, Merrick's Mittens, uh, Jake Thought. Uh, you have. Um, Jakob Malik as well. Maybe the Devils get another goaltender in this year's draft. Uh, Tyler Brennan as well. You have guys long-term that could become something. And Akira Schmidt, remember, was a fifth-round pick in his draft year. So, you know, it's not, it's not like the Devils don't have options here. And I think Akira getting a full year is going to be good for him. I think... I think Vitek Vanacek is going to bounce back. And I think we just have to kind of go from there and look at, and look at it. I think that's the smartest move because otherwise those three guys we just mentioned, you're giving up a ton of assets. And I don't know if that's necessarily the move. So we'll see about that quickly here before I sign off. I did also want to mention that Tom Fitzgerald in an interview recently did speak about um, how the devils did get pretty close to acquiring Matthew Kachuk Last year, if you remember, the Devils were one of the teams that really pushed to acquire Matthew Kachuk prior to them making a run at trying to acquire uh, Johnny Gaudreau in free agency. They had a pretty big deal that they offered Calgary, 
and Calgary ended up saying no. Um, on the list of teams that Kachuk was interested in signing with, uh, the Devils were not one of them. Understandably so, considering how things went the year before. Now, we should remember that Matthew Kachuk is a cousin of Tom Fitzgerald. So they do have a close relationship and they do spend a bunch of time together. And Tom Fitzgerald, although the Panthers were pretty much about ready to officially acquire Kachuk, did make a last-minute push and trying to convince Kachuk about coming to the Garden State and being a part of the Devils. Now, if you look at what Kachuk has done this season, uh, imagine what could have happened. Now, if we get Kachuk, we probably don't get Timo Meyer. Uh, maybe we don't get another guy or two who knows how things would have gone down. Maybe we don't get Palat. Um, and obviously, it ended up working out for both sides, right? The Devils had a tremendous year with what they were able to do. Uh, the Panthers had an unreal season going all the way to losing in the Stanley Cup Finals. Matthew Kachuk played in a damn broken sternum the entire, you know, you know, in game uh, game four of this year's finals. And he had an unbelievable year to, you know, establishing himself as a top five player in this league. But I often, I do wonder, especially how Kachuk played, what it would have been like if Kachuk had ended up in the Garden State. But didn't happen that way, and I think everybody's satisfied regardless. And both teams have a very, very bright future. So, obviously, a lot going on as now we really get into the offseason. We're about two weeks away from the NHL draft. Although the Devils don't have a first-round pick, they still have a bunch of other draft picks. And who knows? There might be some other moves that involve the Devils that have nothing to do with the draft. And we do have some things that could happen over the next two weeks as well in terms of free agency. So... Make sure you guys are locked in to the Devil's State of Mind podcast. You can just subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter at Devil State, Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. And don't forget to like us on Facebook as well as we continue to provide you the top coverage to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. Shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast <laughs> 